0: Acts chapter 8, verse 26. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, an eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure and had come to Jerusalem for to worship was returning and sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah, or that is Isaiah, the prophet. And the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him, and heard him read the prophet Isaiah, and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The place of the Scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his shearers, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation his judgment was taken away, and who shall declare his generation, for this life is taken from the earth? The eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this? Of himself? or of some other man. Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still and they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing, but Philip was found at Azotus, and passing through he preached in all the cities, till he came to Caesarea. We know the Lord will bless the reading of his own inspired word in public. Let's just by. In a word of prayer, Father, we ask you now, Lord, that you would settle this congregation in your presence, and Lord, that you would help us, Lord, even if we feel uncomfortable because there's so many, or because of the heat, Lord, that you would help us to hear thy word through everything. We ask you, O God, that you would speak to our hearts, those who know you as Lord and Savior, we pray, uh, that you would strengthen them according to thy word. We pray for those that do not know your Son, the Lord Jesus, as their own personal Savior, that tonight they may even find themselves sitting at the feet of Jesus. But oh may they find themselves at the cross. We ask you, O God, that you would help us, Lord, to take, as it were, even as it's been prayed, the live cold from off that altar of yours. And may you touch my lips with it, O God. And we pray, Father, that when all is said and prayed and done, and sung tonight in this place, Lord, that men and women will find themselves, that they must repent and get right with God. Many have fallen away. Maybe they've wandered. Maybe they've strayed, O God. We pray that you would call the wandering sheep home. And, O God, we pray, Lord, that the prodigal would find his way to the Father's house and find there that they will be well accepted of God. And we pray, Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, that you would bless those they will go through this waters of baptism tonight. And, O oh Lord, that they may have an experience like never before. Thank you for them, Lord, and we thank you for the, what you're doing in this house and the salvation that has been coming to this house. And we pray, Lord, that you would continue to speak, continue to bless, continue to convict, and continue, Lord, to encourage and compel your people in the ways of the Lord to walk right before thee. Because, O oh God, we pray, Lord, we know you're coming again soon. Have your church ready. Have a spotless bride, Lord, we pray. And glorify thy son. For Jesus' name's sake we ask it. Amen. Philip has been preaching in Samaria. And as he's preaching in Samaria, there are those who have come to saving faith in him. Now, I'm not here to offend, for I mentioned this morning I was nominally... That is, I was on the books of a Presbyterian church, but I wasn't saved. I was on the church roll, and our family name was on the church roll, but we knew not the Lord Jesus as our own Savior. We were not saved nominally. Nominally, we were Presbyterians, as it were, in the book. And so we see that many times people who are christened, that is, water poured over their head as a baby, Uh, we find that that sprinkling, as it's known, many feel that they are maybe saved. Maybe they're heaven-bound. They will enter the kingdom because of it, and yet it is a fallacy. Nowhere in the Scripture will we find that this is possible by sprinkling a child's head. But rather, we are told that one must be born again. They must come by blood. That is, through the blood of the Lamb. Secondly, then, They must be baptized in the command of the Lord Jesus Christ in obedience. And so that is through water. And of course, all of it is done by the working of the Holy Spirit. So blood, water, and spirit. Philip has been preaching in Samaria, and people have believed. And we're told earlier in our chapter, in chapter 8 and verse 12, they which believed Philip preaching, Notice the things, the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. So it went across all boundaries. It wasn't just men who were baptized, although men were mainly counted, as it were, in the Jewish church at the time. It was men and the, sorry ladies, but the ladies didn't count, but Christ came and he died for them. And he says, you'll go baptizing them in my name. And so women then were counted for baptism notice we have belief they believed then they were baptized I'll say it again they believed in Christ then they were baptized it wasn't they were infants who could not believe who didn't know anything about Christ and then they were baptized no rather they were believers they had an experience they had an encounter with Christ they had a Christ encounter They met Him at the cross, and they seen Him as the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. But rather they saw Him as Christ, the bleeding Lamb, who died for them for the remission of their sin. And through the shed blood of Christ alone, could they be saved? Could they be forgiven? Could they be justified? Could they be redeemed? I ask you tonight, do you trust in your denomination? Do you trust in your religion? For your salvation. Because if you do, and that's where your hope is, that's where your trust is, then you'll find that you are lost and still in your sin. The Bible expressly explains it to us that a man and a woman must be born again. The Lord Jesus said it himself in John chapter 3 and verse 3, except a man be born again, he cannot see nor perceive, that is, The kingdom of God, he said in verse chapter 3 and verse 5, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And then in John chapter 3 and verse 7, he said, Marvel not, or don't be surprised when I say unto thee, You must. Notice the words of Jesus himself. You must. Not you might have to, or there's a good chance you'll be asked of it, but you must be born again. So can I ask you tonight, are you born again? Are you blood washed and blood bought? Are you born of the Spirit? And are you born again under the blood of Christ? And have you passed through the waters of baptism? We looked this morning, and I can't uh, go through it all again, but we looked this morning at everywhere in the new covenant that Christ has ratified by, the, by his death in Calvary by his precious shed blood, everywhere after that in the New Testament, we find that baptism is for believers and that it is by full immersion in water. It is nowhere in the Bible to be found for sprinkling. Now notice, please stay with me. Here we're told there is belief before baptism. And so we call it, what's happening tonight, believers' baptism. The only reason the men, the women, and the boys and girls who will be baptized tonight and go through these waters is because they have professed faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. They are trusting solely, totally, uniquely, and completely on the precious blood of Christ and in nothing else on what he has accomplished and done once and for all when he shed his most precious blood on the cross and died for us. That is what you need to be saved, the blood of the Lamb. If you can be saved any other way, friend, if you can be saved by being a nice person, if you can be saved by being a good citizen, if you can be saved by being a good parent or grandparent, if you can be saved by doing your best, then Christ need not have died. But God gave his only begotten Son uh, that sinners like you and like me would be able to to enter the kingdom of God. Are you saved? Have you been to Calvary? Are you by faith trusting in the blood of Allah? Have you come under that fountain in repentance and said, Lord, forgive me of my sin. I am a sinner in need of a Savior with all of your heart. And have you trusted that he has paid your debt in full? For Christ cried on the cross, it is finished. Meaning our debts of our sin were paid in full. The man and the woman who think they need to do alms or deeds or any other means or method for their salvation are adding to what Christ has done. And there we find that it is a dangerous addition to add anything to what Christ has already accomplished. Friend, if you're trusting or if you're adding in anything but the work of Christ and to the work of Christ, then, my friend, you are fallen from grace, not receiving by faith. What he has accomplished. We find that Philip, he is told by the angel of the Lord in our reading, verse 26. He, the the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip saying, arise and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And we're told of his obedience and he arose and went. And behold, an, an Ethi- a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of under great authority of Canada, the Queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure, and had come to Jerusalem for to worship. Here I believe this was an Israelite who had been... Ethiopia is bigger than the country of Ethiopian Scripture. It's the whole of North Africa. And this Israelite had come to worship at Jerusalem. He had come. Passover had happened. Now Pentecost had happened. And Pentecost was 50 days after, the, uh, after Passover. Now notice this. Christ dies in Passover. And the Holy Spirit is given on Pentecost. And this man has come with his offering, with his worship to the temple. He's come to his church, if you want. He's come to pay the Lord what he can and do his best. But now in the new covenant, he's about to find something out. That it's faith in Christ alone that saves. That it's faith in the blood that he shed that cleanses. And that's faith and faith alone in the accomplished and full atoning work of the cross. When Jesus bled and died, That alone will save this man and nothing that he had come with to bring for worship. It doesn't matter what you do to worship, my friend. It doesn't matter how much you buy at a statue. It doesn't matter how much you go and help your church. It doesn't matter how much you attend this church. It matters not, but rather whether you are trusting in Christ or not. Philip goes and he sees this chariot with this man reading the Bible or the Old Covenant scroll. And of course he's reading it and the Lord says, go, the Spirit tells him to go and attach himself to this chariot. And so the chariot's coming in and you can see Philip, the Lord must have given him extra strength and extra vigor for he's running alongside the chariot and he says, do you understand what you're reading? How often are men and women traveling so fast in their life like it's a chariot and going past Every signpost that God has given them that they're not right with Him, yet they'll ride on in their chariot knowing they should stop and listen. Do you understand what you're reading, He says? Friend, can I ask you tonight, do you understand what you're hearing? Do you understand what we're saying? Do you understand what the Word of God is teaching? Or are you going to ride on in your chariot tonight? Are you going to write on in fury? Are you going to write on fast that the word of God that would be explained to you and expressed to you, the word of God would find no place in you? Here he comes and he says, do you understand what you're reading? And he says, how can I understand except someone shows me? And of course then he stops his chariot and Philip gets in and starts to look at what he's reading and he's reading the scroll of Isaiah the prophet. And he looks to the part where the man happens to be just at that particular time as he comes along to him. You see, friend, you can say, well you know, I was at a meeting, I remember where I was the night I got saved. I remember the scripture that was preached the night I got saved. I remember hearing the words of the Word of God. I remember receiving the Word of God. I remember being in a stupor from a three day binge and alcohol and drugs the night I got saved. And I couldn't understand before till someone, showed me. And when I heard the word of God, when I heard it preached, when I heard it expounded, when I heard it explained. You see, friends, you're not going to get saved and you're not going to hear the word of God unless someone opens it and explains it to you. If you're sitting somewhere and there is no word, you're never going to hear it. Look, I can pat your back tonight. You may say, I didn't come. I came to see people getting dipped in the water. You will. You may say, I didn't come to hear this tonight to be challenged. But, friend, I want you to know I may not know you, but I love your soul enough to challenge you before you go home. What I'm doing is loving you more than the man who won't tell you. For the old saying is, there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. Notice this, Philip joins himself to the chariot. The man is reading the scroll of Isaiah, and as he looks at it, look at what it says. Verse 32, the place of the scripture which he read was this, He is led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his shearers, so he openeth not his mouth. Now, Philip knew exactly what he was reading. He was reading of a prophecy of the coming of Christ. He was reading a prophecy by Isaiah of the death of Christ, the crucifixion of Christ. And you and I find it in our Bible in Isaiah chapter 53. Isaiah 53 is a wonderful chapter. Isaiah 53. Let me just read you some verses here. This there's no chapters and there's no verses in the original manuscript. It's just all one scroll. So he looks and he finds this bit. And now listen to this. He is despised and rejected of men. Well, oh, this happened in his day when the Jews said, we will not have this man to rule over us. Crucify him away with him. It's happening today when men and women are turning away from him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet he, we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord Yahweh hath laid on his son, Yahshua, or God upon Jesus, the Father on his son, hath laid upon him the iniquity of us all. Hear this man traveling into Ethiopian territory again has stopped on the way and expounded the word of God too. And he says, this is speaking 750 years about Christ on the cross before it even happens. Can you see Philip with this man? Surely, he says, your chariot was worth stopping for that. Oh, friend, tonight, surely your chariot was worth stopping to hear that. Little did he know as he was heading back down, the Holy Ghost says, go south to Philip. There was a divine appointment sitting waiting for the Ethiopian eunuch and the person of Philip to expound the word of God. You're here by divine appointment tonight. There's no mistakes in God and you are here by divine appointment. And listen, the word may challenge you, the word may offend you, the word may It may quicken your heart, but one thing is, God speaks to you. He's speaking to you, and he's saying, this is my word. You find that when Philip does this, he's speaking about Isaiah 53, as we have it in our Bible. And so he starts speaking about Calvary. He starts speaking about the cross. And how do we know that Isaiah 53 is about Jesus? Well, in many other areas we can know it. But even in our very reading, listen to what it says. In Acts chapter 8, Philip opened his mouth, verse 35, Then Philip openeth his mouth, and began at the same Scripture, and preached unto him Jesus. I love it because the apostles didn't leave Jerusalem and start preaching church. They didn't start preaching Christ encounters tabernacle. They didn't start preaching Pentecostals and Baptists and Church of Ireland and Presbyterians and so on and so on. They didn't preach that. They preached Christ unto them. They preached Jesus. Because you see, if you were to ask What church really saves? The Catholic church say, if you're not in their church, then you're going to hell. And the Protestant denominations argue and fight, which one is the right church? Who has the right doctrine that we save? Listen, friend, no church saves. Jesus saves. Christ and Christ alone is the Savior. There is no church that saves. You see, here we find that he's preaching to this man, he's teaching him the word of God. He says, Isaiah the prophet spoke of Christ 750 years before he even died. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. With his stripes, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid in him the iniquity of us all. He bore our sin in his own body. He bore our shame in Calvary. the thing is, the man and the woman who trust not solely and completely in Christ alone for their salvation and their full redemption, the man and the woman who reject Christ, the man and the woman who die without Christ, will find on that day when they stand before the Son of God, they'll find that he will say, depart from me, I never knew you. Oh, but Jesus knows everybody, sure. God is omniscient. Yes, he is. He's omniscient. He knows all things. Yes, he is. Well, how does he not know me? He means, I never knew you in an intimate fashion. I never knew you in an intimate manner. I never knew you with intimacy as a husband knows his wife. That you and I fellowship together and were unified in the spirit. And you and I were bone of bone and flesh of flesh. May I ask you, what if it was you tonight? What if you stood before God? What if you closed your eyes in death? I can tell you, friends, this week I've stood within five days at two gravesites. One gravesite was an elderly lady. She passed away and was expected because of illness. And another one was a young man. He got up off his table and dropped dead at 40 years of age with his face on the kitchen floor. Stayed at his graveside. Prayed over. I thank God he knew the Lord. Here we find there are the three here. We have the spirit, the water, and the blood. Listen, I don't want to take this too much longer or further because I want, to, I want to get into baptism. I want to let you see this. But I feel it's essential tonight that, that I just speak a bit more about Christ because I believe that he's speaking tonight. The most important message a man and woman will hear is the cross of Christ, the precious blood that he shed. And here we see that there is the blood, the water, and the Spirit the Spirit of God draws a man and a woman. Do you know people say, "Oh, I find Jesus." No, you never. Christ found you. You see, the Spirit, from beginning to ending, He is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the Spirit. He's the Eternal God. He is the Spirit who comes and convicts the heart. He's the Eternal God who comes and convinces. And God doesn't save you against your will, but rather He makes you willing to be saved. He moves on you. So the Spirit of God is from beginning to ending. He's in everything, which means there's nothing in your life and nothing you can do to merit any goodness with God. See, here we find that in this Scripture, there's blood. He preaches the cross to the eunuch. Listen, in Exodus chapter 12, and I'll just paraphrase this for time's sake. In Exodus chapter 12, Israel are in Egypt, and the Lord said to Moses, take a lamb and get its blood, put it in a bucket and take it to a basin and get the hyssop and dip it in it and put it upon the doorposts and put it on the door lintels and tell the children of Israel, everyone that applies the blood, he says, tonight I'm coming through Egypt. It was the tenth plague of all the plagues. And tonight I'm coming, I'm passing through. God sending the death angel as he's known, passing through Egypt. This is the last chance he says, I'm passing through tonight. Listen, he says, but when I see the blood. He didn't even say, when I see their Israelites. See if an Egyptian I believe had a herd and says, you know, The God of Israel says he's coming. I believe it. I'm applying the blood. He looked for the blood. When I see the blood, I will pass over you, he says. I will pass over you. That's where we get Passover from. Christ, our Passover, has been sacrificed for us. The Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world, as John the Baptist called him. And his blood is the blood upon the doorposts and the door lintels of every home tonight. Of every heart that's saved. And when judgment comes, He looks for the blood. He looks for the blood. He's not looking to see how good you are, how rich you are, how poor you are, how nice you are. He's not looking to see what you can do or what you can't do, what you have done, what you haven't done. God is looking for the blood. And when I see the blood I will pass over you. Something else about the blood here. Ephesians one or pardon me, Ephesians two and verse thirteen tells us, But now in Christ Jesus, ye who were sometimes afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Even those who are scattered in Israel. And all those who were round about who heard this word, he was saying, You're far from God, and the only way you can come near to God is through the blood of Jesus Christ. You see, you can come and say, On that day, well God, I, I just trusted that maybe you'd be good enough for just to let me in. But you're so far away from him, he says. He closes the door in your face. We can only come nigh to God through the blood. Colossians one and twenty tells us we can only have peace with God through the blood through the blood of his cross. Colossians 1 and 14 says that we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. Do you want your sins forgiven? Do you want your sins forgiven? What must I do then? If I do this and that and the other, and if I go to church every day, and if I go out and I stand in the open air and preach, listen, I'm, I'm all for that. But not salvation by works, but work because we're saved. Big difference. And here we find that it's only through the blood, Colossians 1 and 14, we have redemption through this blood, even the forgiveness of sin. And that's the only way you can be forgiven of your sin. Friend, please, people can say, that guy, I come here and he preaches to us and I'll not come back, but you'll go with the word of God in your heart. You'll go with it ringing in your ears, And you'll get up in the morning and you'll say, well, maybe I'm not right with God. Should you be spared till tomorrow morning? And someday you'll realize, I've loved you more than many who won't tell you. There's only forgiveness by trusting in the blood of Christ. There's only justification. Romans 5 and 9 tells us, so we are being now justified by his blood. We shall be saved from wrath through him. You know what justified means? Made just as if you'd never sinned. That the father sees the blood and he says, I declare him, I see the blood, I declare her. Trusting in the blood, my son said, I declare them justified or I declare them sinless. I declare that they are righteous. But The man and woman who turn away the blood of Christ find something completely different. That they're still in their sin. And here's another one. Revelation 12 and 11 says, of those who are overcomers, overcoming the old devil. The old devil's working in everybody's life that know not Christ. Know that you're under an old taskmaster, and you don't even know it. it. Says they overcame him, the devil, by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. Yeah, we prefer to love our own lives. That we may live in this life rather than give our life to Christ. So, this eunuch is returning. Pentecost has happened. He hears about the blood. He's heard about the spirit fall in Jerusalem. And you see, Pentecost would go back to uh, Mount Sinai when God came down upon the mountain and the mountain shook and he gave the law. But now God was crucified on a cross at Calvary and he pours out his spirit. Spirit of grace and supplication, the prophet said, would be poured out to the house of David in Jerusalem. And Christ's precious shed blood and his spirit were poured out. Now Acts chapter 8, we're told that this man says, I believe, that means with all my heart, can I be baptized? Here's water. Now notice. Verse 38, He commanded the chariot to stand still and they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. Notice, they both went down into the water. He didn't sprinkle them. They both went down into the water. And he baptized them. He immersed him completely in water. So baptism was a dying to self. The waters are a watery grave, dying as it were in Christ and rising again to newness of life when we come up out of the water again. That's what the candidates will be doing this evening. And then, of course, there's the Spirit. I wanted to focus more on the blood, for that's the important bit. The blood will get you into glory. And we're told that the Spirit... When they come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip. The Spirit was from start to finish. You see, without the working of God in a man and woman's life, I want to tell you, I know people say, just say a wee prayer and you're going to be saved. No. That's not true. I know people say, well, you know, I'll wait till I'm nearly dead if I get a chance. And I'll say a prayer and ask God to forgive me. No, friend. It's not the way it works. Jesus says, No man cometh unto me, except the Father which sent me draws him. What does that mean? That the Holy Spirit must awaken you from your sin and call you to see your need of Christ. And when he does, and when you do, you know what happens when you call upon the name of the Lord? Then you're yeah. saved. Then you're saved. If the Spirit of God is speaking to you tonight, then tonight, harden not your heart. Then tonight, seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. For if God withdraws, my spirit shall not always strive with man. Call upon the name of the Lord, and thou shall be saved. May God bless his word to each and every one of our hearts this evening. For Jesus' sake, amen.